We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jesse, are you ready for rapid fire? I am. I thought that was a very good uh, offensive question discussion, and I know that rapid fire is loaded, so let's get into it. You're just going to have to remember your whiteboard next time. I didn't even <laughs> think about the fact, you know, when we were doing all this stuff that you didn't do whiteboard tonight, so shame on you. I know. I got I got heckled for it, so I won't forget again. <laughs> so, Jess, what does it say about Notre Dame that they went to the college football playoff twice in three years and didn't have a player even sniff being a Heisman Trophy finalist. I think it kind of shows how their playoffs went, honestly. I think it's kind of a mirror image of how those games went, is they had enough talent to be overall, you know, solid, uh, and, and a lot of players who are, you know, above average, but they didn't have that extraordinary player to kind of put them over the top and make maybe some of those Alabama and Clemson games closer or potentially sneak out some sort of win, right? So, to, like if you add someone like a Caleb Williams, that's like adding, you know, 14 points to your score, it seems like per game. So for me, I think it's a it's a, it's a it's indicative of them being, you know, very solid overall, but not having that home run hitter. To me, it, you know, it says that they've had really good teams, but they haven't had the really big true difference makers. And, right. and that's that's what separates, you know, like when you talk about closing the gap and all that kind of stuff, you know especially considering their Notre Dame. Like Manti Teo was a difference maker. He was a Heisman Trophy finalist. Brady Quinn was a difference maker. He was a Heisman Trophy finalist. You know, like Caleb Williams won the Heisman this year and USC just missed out on the playoff. The other three finalists were in the playoff. Now, obviously, you can argue about, you know, Stetson Bennett and all that kind of stuff, best player, or, you know, the the quarterback of a of a great team won a couple of national championships. He did, whether you agree that he, you know, deserved to be there or not. But the the fact is, eight of the last ten Heisman Trophy winners have been on college football playoff teams or in the BCS championship. Like that's the case of Jameis Winston and most of the other finalists. Just like this year, you had Caleb Williams win it. The other three finalists were all in the playoff as well, and most of the time. The, the you know most of them are quarterbacks but at the same time you have had some receivers and running backs and and whatever because Alabama's been there but that's what you need is different and so that's what it it, it tells me again they've been good 
but they haven't had the true difference makers to push them over the edge and make them great. Because if you're at Notre Dame and you're undefeated in the regular season and you're in the playoff and you don't have anyone, you know, like Ian Book got a handful of Heisman Trophy votes, but it's basically because he was Ian Book. If you had a true difference maker in that position or in a couple of other positions on the field, you know, guys making game-breaking type plays offensively, you're going to get some guys in that Heisman room at the end of the season. And so that's what it tells me. It's like you you still have to find the difference makers. But, hey, guess what? This 2024 class is already shaping up, looking pretty good, all the after junior weekend and, and all that kind of stuff. So maybe it won't be too long. But that's what it tells me. You just got to get the difference makers out there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Irish wide receiver Matt Salerno is coming back for his sixth year. Uh, To me, this is fitting, and it's fitting because Salerno reminds me of a guy, you know, walk on, a guy who just loves being a part of the team, being there, getting any playing time, and now that he has gotten playing time is like an added bonus. Uh, But when you talk about kind of like a a, a career guy who, you know, made his way onto the team and and earned his kind of roles – I think it's very fitting that he's kind of staying and finishing out uh, that sixth year. So again, it 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 it, uh, it embodies kind of the definition of what it means to be, you know, like a walk-on player or someone who's staying and getting the most out of their time at a school like Notre Dame. So really happy that he's coming back for his sixth year because I think he's very reliable, he's very consistent, um, and he does a lot of things the right way. And I'm sure that Marcus Freeman, Chauncey Stuckey. You know, those guys notice that kind of thing. And even though he's not elite with his speed and maybe route running and, and, you know, that kind of stuff, he knows how to do kind of all the little things wrong. He knows how to line up. He always knows what kind of route he needs to run, If it, even if that means not doing it at, you know, the same type of level of someone like Tobias Merriweather, Jaden Thomas, you know, et cetera. So really excited that he's coming back for his sixth year. Um, and I'll be interested to see kind of what his output looks like this season. 
But yeah, I, I agree with uh, what you're saying there, Jason Smith. He is getting every bit out of his football experience as he can. Like imagine, you know, like when you have a washcloth or a handheld towel, you know, whatever, and you get it soaking wet and you're continuously like wringing it out, wringing it out, wringing it out, trying to get every drop of it uh, out as much as possible. That's what I think of of someone like Matt Salerno is when you're squeezing that towel and you're trying to get every ounce of water out. That's what Matt Salerno reminds me of, of coming back for his sixth year. Michigan President Santa Ono announced yesterday that Jim Harbaugh is staying at Michigan and not going to the NFL. Who's better off for it? Harbaugh, Michigan, the NFL, or someone or something else? Uh, to me, the biggest beneficiary in this whole situation has to be um, Michigan. I know that you know Harbaugh started off really consistent, right? But then his knock was that he wasn't winning the big games or the games that matter the most. Well, now he's you know kicked it into that next gear. He's beat Ohio State twice. Um, he's gone to the playoff twice, even though he got you know embarrassed by Georgia and then upset by a team like TCU. It still says something that he was able to make the playoffs two consecutive years in a row. So I think for Michigan's sake and wanting to stay relevant in terms of beating Ohio State, being in the college football playoffs, being Big Ten championship champions, that this ultimately benefits. Uh, the University of Michigan the most in their program, their football program. Yeah, I tend to agree as well, for now anyway. What I want to know is, like, is every offseason, is this what we're going to have now? Like, is Jim Harbaugh going to keep saying, well, I want to stay at Michigan, and then he's flirting with, with, you know, with another NFL team every year? Do you want to stay or not? Like, you know, like sitting down here – Nobody down here, you know, obviously Notre Dame fans care how Michigan's recruiting is affected, but I would think at some point it's got to be affected, you know, that that like Jim Harbaugh keeps kind of having these dalliances. And like the thing is, like he's been there, what, eight years or something like that at some point or, you know, at, at this point at Michigan. And this is the longest that he's lasted anywhere. He kind of wore out, you know, his welcome at Stanford. He wore out his welcome quickly in San Francisco. And that was kind of always the thing that, that was it, that, that followed Harbaugh those last couple stops is like, yeah, he'll turn your program into a winner, but at some point it kind of becomes a little bit too much. And, you know, like peeking out the door all the time, looking at the next best thing. I don't know how good that is for your program. So I think it's good for Michigan to have him and they've got a ton of talent and you know, they'll probably end up in the big 10 championship game playing Ohio state again next year for a chance to make it to the playoffs. So I think they're better off with him as their coach, but ultimately like the big picture stuff, I'm not sure about the NFL. Like I, I think that, that the Broncos or the, you know, the Panthers or whoever would ultimately end up being better if they had Jim Harbaugh as their head coach, but again, like he's always got his, you know, one foot out the door. So I don't know how long it would have lasted. So I, I think that, that the NFL is probably better with Michigan or with, with Jim Harbaugh just staying at Michigan right now. Yeah. I don't know how much of his game would kind of translate into the modern NFL at the moment, to be honest with you. And again, like you were saying, he's, he's the definition of a flirt. Like anytime the, the remote opportunity of something better comes along, he's not going to say no. He's going to court it or at least entertain it uh, to some degree. Yeah, and I mean, like Stymie just said, Stanford still hasn't recovered from losing Harbaugh. And 
I I felt like at the time, like it was a matter of time before it really fell off for David Shaw. He actually took it a couple more years than I thought he would, but obviously it bottomed out after Harbaugh. And I've got to think that if Harbaugh was still there, they would be, you know, legit, probably contending to be in the the playoff potentially every year because you know he is was doing the same kind of stuff there that he's doing at Michigan it it works you know what what he sells actually works it's just you know there's a lot of quirks and a lot of extra stuff that comes with it basically <laughs> yeah all right so Dallas was 12 they won 12 games in the regular season but they didn't win their division they were 12 and 5 didn't win their division Tampa Bay was 8 and 9 won the NFC South which meant they got to host last night's super wild card round game so do you buy or sell division winners with sub 500 records hosting playoff games like last night with Tampa Bay? So this is kind of a two part question for me, and I'll, I'll I'll get into both of my answers. I first want to say that I think it's incredibly stupid on the NFL's part, and I understand why they put an NFL game on Monday night because you have Buck and Aikman on ESPN now. Uh, so you you have to if you're paying those guys that kind of money, you know you're going to get a game out of them on Monday night, but the fact that the Cowboys now have to turn around and go to San Francisco and play on two less days of rest. I I think that it's incredibly errant on the NFL's part, because not only did they not put the the San Francisco game on Sunday, they put it on Saturday. So that means that the winner of that game was ultimately going to get, you know, two days limited rest compared to San Francisco. So that's my first concern first and foremost. And then getting into the original question, I, you know, I, I, I 100% buy, or sorry, I sell that the division winners should get to host a playoff game when you're not over 500. Um, I understand that you've won your division, but if you win a crappy division, um, and then, and then someone like the Cowboys who played in the best division in football, a la having three of the four teams in the NFC, you know, round going into next week, there's no reason that Tampa Bay should have got to host that game with the under 500 record. Uh, because their their division was crappy first and foremost, um, and then what's the, the what's the purpose of playing a full regular season when the better team doesn't get to host um, the playoff game and they're penalized essentially for having a better record because they played in a harder conference? So, I I'm in agreement that the better record. I wish that they would go to the NBA format actually, and I, I agree. I, I you know I don't necessarily care if you like the NBA or or not, but I would be in favor of putting all teams in two you know two sides nfc afc and then letting the teams with the four best records uh go on and host the playoff games and you still play your division schedule uh but i i do think that the top four teams should be able to host their games regardless because you know the buccaneers played in a crappy division and the cowboys got penalized for playing in the best division in football see that's it and you know i kind of had a feeling what your argument was going to be and you know we didn't mention this before last night because we didn't want to seem like, you know, it was all sour grapes. Cowboys won, so I felt like, hey, we can go ahead and bring it up now today. Look, and and I'm not I'm not touching anything right now because I don't want things to disconnect again. I have no idea what's going on te- technologically here, but I'm looking at John's comment. He says, if you win your division, you should host the wild card game. And I realize there are a lot of people who think that way, but if you win a division with a sub 500 record that means that three other teams in your division are worse than you 
which means you got to play a bunch of weak teams, and that's who you beat to win your division with a sub-500 record. So why should that be rewarded? The Buccaneers beat exactly two teams with winning records all season. They beat Dallas in the season opener. They beat Seattle as well, and Seattle ended up being a playoff team. Those were the only two playoff teams, only two teams with winning records they beat all season. They played in a horrible division. And in the meantime, like you've got – look at look at the NFC East right now. Three of the four teams remaining in the NFC are from one division. And only one of those teams got to host a playoff game over the weekend. And you, I just – you should not be rewarded for not even mediocrity but sub-mediocrity. Like – you know, if you win your division, okay, your reward is you still get into the playoffs even though you have a sub-500 record because you won your division. So that that you, you should not be rewarded with hosting one of the most important games of the season. Like I saw Michael DeCourcy, of course, who is a longtime college basketball writer, he said today, like if the NCAA did it this way, Duke would have been a 10 seed and Colgate would have been a 6 seed in the NCAA tournament last year think about that like if, if you if you're if you're using the same parameters fill in the blank it'll be blank if last night was the last time we see tom brady in an nfl uniform you know me you know i'm uh, still on the tom brady train i it'll be surprising if tom brady's not back next year i don't think tom brady knows where he's going to be next season i don't know i don't think he has a plan for next season but i ultimately believe that tom brady will be back next season i don't think it'll be with tampa um, but it, it'll be a shock because I don't think you go through the unretirement, you go through, you know, the, the the divorce with Giselle, all to just play one extra season and ultimately have nothing come out of it, right? Like, yes, you won your division, but you were still a crappy team all season. You beat two teams with a winning record um, and you capitalized on playing in the NFC South. Um, I, I just think that he still has, and you heard Aikman talk about this last night, he still got a little bit left in the tank. So it, it would be a, a shock to me if Brady isn't back for at least one more season, maybe even two uh, going forward. John, I agree with you that he's not the same player, but I think the biggest issues that Tom had this year is one, he didn't have a run game. Uh, two, he didn't have an offensive line that was worth a crap. I mean, he just got back his starting center uh, last night and his first game was in the playoffs. And he hasn't had, you know, the defenses that he had in New England um, and the defense that he had in the year that he won it with Tampa. So he lacked in having, you know, ultimately offensive line, a rush game and a defense. And I know he can't control the defense, uh, but it's still it is still an underrated aspect of football. Right. Like the defense never gets credit for Tom Brady's seven rings, but they are a very vital part in his overall success in his seven Super Bowl wins. So when he doesn't have a average to competent defense he doesn't have an offensive line uh in unison and he doesn't have any sort of run game i mean what is he supposed to do when he's getting pressured heavily and he's got to get the ball out quick and we saw that last night against dallas as they just ate up everything so i i think it's going to be shocking if he doesn't play do i want him to be done of course i you know i think his time has kind of spun but again i i think that he's still got a couple more years left in the tank. Uh, one kind of, you know, final question that we had too, considering that he is still having some technical issues is, 
you know, Peter Strager from the NFL Network reported the other day that fired Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury bought a one-way ticket to Thailand and despite being despite being contacted by numerous NFL teams for interviews, uh Schrager says Cliff Barry, or sorry, Kingsbury told him, "No, I'm good." So overall, do we think that Kingsbury should change course uh and come back? So, you know, for me in this situation, I think that someone like Cliff Kingsbury ultimately benefits from a one-way ticket to Thailand at the moment. And I'll tell you why, because he is extended through 2027. So that means those checks are still hitting regardless of whether he is coaching or not. And we've seen that, you know, the kind of roller coaster that he's been on with Kyler Murray um, in Arizona. So for me, I think it would be very beneficial for someone like him to take the year off, uh, reset a little bit, and then ultimately, you know, still collect those paychecks. Because, I mean, isn't that what it's about? At the end of the day, you're still collecting the paychecks uh, and you're just sitting in Thailand. So I don't know about you guys, but I would be loved uh, or I would love to ultimately be sitting in the middle of Thailand being paid not to coach football. So I think uh, a reset for someone like Kingsbury is needed, um, but I, I would love to see him back in the NFL because I think he has a great offensive mind. I think that he can come up with personnel packages that might be beneficial for a lot of teams. Uh, but I think his next stage in his career has to be something like an offensive coordinator. I don't believe that he is an NFL head coach. I think that he could potentially be a college head coach, uh, but I think his best role uh, with a mobile quarterback would be something like an offensive coordinator. So uh, that that would uh, that would be my my guess on that. Um, and then the the final question that we kind of had is fill in the blank. It's blank that Al Michaels and Tony Dungy have been getting ripped for their lack of energy and enthusiasm for their call of the Jaguars comeback win uh, against the Chargers Saturday night on NBC. So unfortunately for me, I was tracking this game for betting reasons, but I was out and about in Columbus, Ohio for my girlfriend's father's birthday. So I no sounds were on for the TV for me, but I was, you know, peeking around the corner, checking in here and there. So I couldn't necessarily uh, hear what was going on with Al Michaels and Tony Dungy, but from what I've read, there was just no enthusiasm, uh, d- despite, you know, the, the Trevor Lawrence golden sombrero with four interceptions and then the biggest comeback that I personally seen coming back 27 to zero. So I I would have to agree that I think it's absurd that these guys had a lack of energy considering this Jaguars comeback. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The problem with NBC that they've got is they do one NFL game per week, whereas, you know, C- CBS and Fox have multiple, you know, like they've they've got what? They're, they're five, six deep at all the positions, you know, because they're doing many games per week. So NBC doesn't have a suitable number two guy because like last year, Mike Tirico and Drew Brees did the number two game, the Bengals Raiders playoff game. You remember that one? And that's the game where, you know, Drew Brees was like a deer in the headlights, and everyone ends up ripping Drew Brees. Drew Brees, Tariko was fine as the backup play-by-play 
guy, but you know, like the whole Michaels thing, you know, Michaels has never been an over the top kind of guy, you know, to begin with, like, do you believe in miracles? Yes. You know, like that's, that's like some of the most emotion that he's ever had. And that's been what, 43 years ago at this point in Lake Placid, Tony Dungy is, is a low pulse kind of guy pairing them together. And the fact they've never worked together, that doesn't help. But again, who does NBC have to put in that booth? All of their options are these studio guys because they only have one NFL game per week that they do. They bring Al Mike back, they pair him up, Tony Dungy. Like if they would have done what they did last year, you would have had Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett doing a playoff game. And just imagine how that would have been ripped to shreds. And that's that's got to be why they brought Al Michaels back to begin with. But it's going to be interesting going forward because from what I understand, Noah Eagle, Ian Eagle's son, is going to be the Big Ten play-by-play announcer doing the doing the Big Ten games starting next year for NBC. And that guy is – he's very young, but he is very good. He's about Jack Collinsworth's age, and he is probably 20 times the play-by-play announcer that Jack Collinsworth is. So I would think that that maybe he gets that opportunity next year. But again, it's going to be who's going to be the guy in the booth with him. Typically, if 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 you have two announcers, play-by-play analyst, and one is lower energy, like you need higher energy from the other guy to balance it out. You can't have two relatively low energy guys. But like I didn't, I didn't get all of the criticism to begin with. I didn't think it was that bad. When I was sitting watching in my hotel room the other night, you know, it was like the game was good. You've got Al Michaels. Like, you know, I don't know what more you need, but they got ripped to shreds for that broadcast. That's for sure. They sure, sure did, unfortunately. But I agree. The teeter totter has got to be balanced. If you have a low, you know, enthusiasm, you got to, you know, pair it with a high enthusiasm. But I think we got to get out of here before (laughs) you cut out again. I don't know if I could take another one. Yes, I know. I mean, it's holding right now, but again, I had to reboot the thing in the middle of the show. So, all right. Well, thanks for a great, great job holding things together tonight, Jesse. And um, hopefully things are better the next time I pop in. Yeah. (laughs) Final question tonight. 15 and one or 16 and one Kansas at 15 and two Kansas State. Who wins tonight? Well, you know, it's Kansas. Come on. No, I mean, I, K-State is good. They've got that. The Baylor line is assistant. just about even. The line's just about even. So I'm I know. curious. And KU, if, the Jayhawks have been escaping with some very close wins this year. And that's a good team that hates them badly. In Manhattan. In Manhattan. By the way, I saw. of uh, the fight. Remember when Beasley got in that fight against Kansas? That's what I think tonight's going to be. It's going to be high emotions uh, and very physical. And I hope they let him play. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Uh, Salty posted this because Vince and I did a draft of the Notre Dame assistant coaches yesterday, and uh, apparently they put a poll up on the boards today for who drafted the better team. And um, Vince, at last count from Salty, was leading 29 to 28. So very even in terms of the teams of assistants we drafted yesterday. Here's, here's, Here's what we drafted. I won't tell you who drafted which team, okay? Here's one team that was drafted. Brian Mason, Mike Mickens, Tommy Reese, Chris O'Leary, Al Golden. Okay. The other team, Harry Heestand, Dylan McCullough, Chancey Stuckey, Gerard Parker, Al Washington. 
Which group of five do you like better? Uh, I like the second group of five just a little bit better. Ding, ding, ding. We will end on that. That is my team. Thank you very much. Jesse is the deciding vote. <laughs> I had no idea this even happened. So please don't think that this is rigged. Uh, I had no clue what any of this was. I was actually curious what that was in reference to. Yes. Thank you very much, John. Appreciate it. And uh, I'm just kind of going it. it well, I don't, I don't want to, again, I don't, I don't want to go too far, but yes, Jesse did hold it down. That's for sure. And uh, from Sean Paulus, Florida State out to a 13-0 lead over Notre Dame. So it looks like those donuts the other day did nothing good. So, All right. Well, I appreciate it. Hit the like button, and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com